Is there anywhere that God is not present? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hear the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you explore the big story and big truths of Scripture. I'm Brian DeBosick, and with me is Aaron Armstrong. Aaron, we get to talk about God's presence to us today. I'm excited about that. That's what omnipresent means, right? He always gives us presence. No, he doesn't always give us presence, but he ah. is always, but he is always our present. <laughs> he is, and, and there's a good Jesus juke on me right there. All right, so yeah, today we're talking about God being omnipresent um, and, and what that means. So why don't you go ahead and get us rolling by reading this doctrine and we'll we'll branch out from there. You got it. So uh, when we talk about God being omnipresent, here's what we mean. God's omnipresence refers to his presence in all time and all places simultaneously. Because God exists apart from and outside of time and space, he's not limited by their constraints. He is present with us wherever we are and sees all that occurs. Nothing escapes his attention. And God's presence is a deterrent for sin and a source of great comfort and hope for believers. So, like I said right at the outset of this, if you needed to boil this down to a single statement, God is present everywhere and every when at once yeah every when that's an interesting term you know sometimes we got to make up fake words <laughs> so this doctrine really there may be people who've never heard the term omnipresence and that's okay but the doctrine itself is probably one that a lot of people say okay it, it seems pretty straightforward um, pretty easy but there are a couple of really important warnings we're going to get to in a minute when you start diving under the surface of how this works, it does become more complicated. Um, so we'll get to that in a minute. Let's go through, though, the outline we normally use. And so the next thing we want to talk about is where we see this in Scripture. So where uh, is a place or two that, that you want to share with us where we see this, Aaron? Yeah, so we're going to look at, uh, we're going to really quickly go over four passages, but a really great place to, to think about this from a practical standpoint, um, you know, particularly as you're thinking about hope and encouragement, read the Psalms um, when David is saying things like, you know, where can I go where you aren't? <laughs> these these kinds of things. But uh, 1 Kings 8.27 says, but will God indeed live on earth? Even heaven, the highest heaven, cannot contain you, much less this temple that I've built. And so this is Solomon during his dedication of the temple. He's acknowledging that even though it is a place for God's presence to dwell with his, peop with his people, that God cannot be contained by it because he is bigger than a temple. Um, Acts 17.24 says, The God who made the world and everything in it, he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by hands. And so those are a nice nice uh, back and forth right there. Um, Jeremiah 23, uh, 23 and 24 say, uh, am I a God who is only near? This is the Lord's declaration and not a God who is far away. Can a person hide in secret places where I cannot see him? Do I not fill the, the heavens and earth? And then we, we also see in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered in my name, context, talking about church discipline people, um, <laughs> 
But uh, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. So um, those are just a few. Again, read the Psalms, read uh, read all over the place, and you're going to see this. Yeah, and we're going to draw from one of the Psalms, Psalm 139, which somebody listening may have said, wait, I can't believe you didn't mention Psalm 139 in, in that list. We're going to get to that one in a minute. <clears throat> Sorry. So that kind of takes us to the next kind of discussion, and it is, are there any cautions? And I've already hinted at one, so let me just unpack that one for another minute. What, What we do not mean by God being omnipresent is that he is so big that he's everywhere at once. Uh, so if you think physically, think spatially, that God is omnipresent because he's just so big. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even if, if he's, yeah, I can't see him, but he's still so big that he's in all places. That's not what it is because that still imagines God in terms of a physical presence. And he is spirit. He is beyond that. And it also does not mean he's partially in places. Um, so it's not like, oh, I have his foot over here, and Aaron, you're across town. You have his his knee. No, again, you're still thinking in terms of physical and spatial. He is fully present where you are in this very minute, every win, as you say, and he is present here at the same time in fullness, not partially, not 50-50, or keep doing the math subdividing when you think of how large the universe is. Yeah. He is fully everywhere at once as spirit. I love the way that you said that because it reminds me of how we talk about the deity and the humanity of Christ, his two natures, how he is both fully man and fully God without mixture or or mixture of the two. He is 100% human being. He is 100% God, just like how God is 100% present in this very moment when you're listening to this podcast and he was 100% present with us at the same time while we were recording this podcast and he was and is a he is 100% present with um the people who um will never be listening to this podcast <laughs> um at the same time so there there are a few more of those <laughs> maybe maybe but um another thing that we have to think about this is is that omnipresence is not it, it does not mean that god is everything or um you know a technical term for for this is animism and so that god is in the trees god is in the animals god is in people god is in in my coffee cup um any of these kinds of things omnipresence is related to the creator creation distinction and so god is at, is outside of time and space that's how he can be omnipresent um, and so he enters into and engages with, but he is not a part of. And so this is, again, this is one of those things where, because this is an aspect of God's infinity, his infinite nature, it's really difficult for human beings to grasp because we are finite. We are linear beings who can only be in one place in one time 
we can't be everywhere simultaneously, despite what we do with technology to try and fight against that. I mean, that's actually one of the, and this is just my little rant for the for the moment, but that's actually the danger of, of how we approach life with social media as disembodied, mediated, semi-human beings. And I think it's actually a big piece of why we've we've developed this, uh, what some people have started to call a culture of contempt, because as we have gotten away from being embodied human beings, we forget that the people that we engage with online are actually people. Yeah, I think two things. Uh, just I really appreciate what you said a minute ago, Aaron, about the creation creator distinction in this, and and I think that's what we see in this doctrine so clearly that we have to understand that rightly. If we don't understand that, this we confuse and probably err on this doctrine, thinking that God is everywhere because He's physically so big. For example, <clears throat> man, I'm sorry. Or animism. Kind of as, we, as you're talking about, but the other thing, man, social media that is so helpful. And I know our our mutual friend, our good friend and coworker, Chris Martin, he is working on a book right now on social media. Uh, Chris really he he knows a lot about social media. It's it's he tracks with it. Uh, I'm excited about that book. I mean, he's still in the writing stage, so it probably won't be released for quite a while. But um, if what Aaron was just talking about really interests you, I would encourage you keep your eyes out for Chris Martin. Follow him on on Twitter. I'm sure you can. Um, you, you can stay connected with him then and hear more about that that project he's working on when it releases. But mm-hmm. yeah, th- I agree with you. Social media, as much as it's given us that's good, it has it is to our detriment so much as well that we have to be careful with. Yeah. So let's just kind of dovetail from there and talk about what difference this doctrine should make. And, and the doctrine that you read itself mentions at the end, I believe, that, that this should be a comfort to us and, and a hope. Um, and I would add, it also should be a conviction for us. And this is where we will look at Psalm 139. Mm-hmm. And Psalm 139 is, is a Psalm of David. And he begins by really focusing on God's wisdom. He says, Lord, you you have searched me. You've known me. Uh, you know when I sit down. You know when I stand up. You know my thoughts. And he keeps going on, on that for the first six verses. Then we get to verse 7, and he says, Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? My thinking on that is he is not asking that in a positive way. He's asking that because he's just got intimidated by knowing God knows him so well. And in shame, like Peter, when Peter said, Get away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. I think David's having a similar response here. And saying, you're too holy, you're too good, you're too knowing, and I am sinful. I don't want you to know me that well. Where can I hide from you? And then David continues, and he says, well, if I go up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, the place of the dead, you are there. Uh, Verse 9, if I fly on the wings of the dawn and settle down on the western horizon, even there your hand will lead me, your hand will hold on to me. Now notice he's starting to shift as he's considering God being everywhere, omnipresence, we, there's, that's a positive statement right there. Yeah. Verse 10, uh, I'm sorry, verse 11. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light around me will be my night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night shines like the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. So notice we see both these, a positive 
uh, a very a, a, a comfort that David comes to that awareness. And, and by the way, you keep reading the psalm, he does turn that corner fully, and he's like, "God, you, you're amazing." Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, in one hand, we have this this sense of of comfort um, for knowing that that God is always with us. What a great delight that is! What a great comfort. But at the same time, it's sobering because God is always with us. And so my sins are never in secret. I might be able to hide my sins from you, Aaron. I might be able to hide my sins from my, my wife, other people at work. I could hide my sins from my pastor. There are sins that I could do all by myself thinking nobody will ever know. And I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. God knows because he's present and he's all-knowing. And so this is a conviction. It, it, it should be used... Uh, in a way that drives us toward purity and holiness. Uh, it should remind us that we should, we should be sober-minded when it comes to sin. Uh, this, I think, helps us in that regard. But also at the same time, again, positively, great comfort that we're never alone. We're never abandoned. Um, God is always with us. Did you have any words of, of uh, what differences should make or anything you wanted to add? I think it should make us really stop and consider our actions as well. I mean, this this really speaks into that conviction that, that you talk about, that it's like, if God is always with us, why would we want to sin in his presence? He knows what we're going to do. He knows what we do do. He knows what we want to do. But if he is, if he is here with us, if he is holy, if he loves us, why would we thumb our nose at him? In that way, um, and at the same time, as we as we think about it, at the flip side of when we think about the injustices and the evils that we oh, see yeah. in the world, we need to know too that God is God is here with us in those moments as well, and that He is here, He is comforting people in those moments, and He is and He sees and He knows what's happening, yeah, and He is word. going to execute justice someday whether here and now or on the day of judgment that's a good word Let, let's leave off on that then and um thanks so much for this discussion aaron and and again it's one of these these doctrines that uh first blush it may be like okay this is an easy one two minutes and then move on but when you really start to dive into it, it it's a little bit deeper and uh, and then the takeaway is, is beautiful that I, I hope some of our listeners um, can see. Man, this, this is uh, it's all of our doctrines. This one is a prompt for praise. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com. 